Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Shadows of Cadessa. Thank you all for joining us again. We have the second half of our cast here to do their character introductions and to introduce a little bit more of the world. So to start off, I'm going to let our players introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Brady, and I will be playing Kai Vinzen. Hi, I'm Katie, and I will be playing Akari Kane. I'm Maddie. I'll be playing Zez. I'm Suti, and I will be playing Shimo. And I'm Zelfa, and I'll be playing Minji. And I am your host and Dungeon Master, Erin, and we will be joined later in this episode by Gray and Hayden, who will join us on an appropriate story moment. All right, picking up where we left off. Um, Last time, we were introduced to a cast of characters in various areas throughout the city of Cadessa and its surrounding areas. Uh, as we left off, um, kind of in the late evening, a rainstorm settling in over the city, the sound of warning drums beginning to sound, echoing through the, the sound of rain across stone and wood. Uh, we're going to rewind a little bit, kind of back up in the day, the landscape drizzly and gray, clouds overhead, the smell of rain lingering in the air as the storm, not quite yet rolling in, uh, but definitely on the horizon. In the center of town, uh, just north of the river that runs through Cadessa, off to the east of the temple grounds is a large set of buildings kind of fenced off from the rest of the city. This is the academy grounds run by various members descended from the plain known as Roasari or a plain of fire. The descendants of Roasari have long been ones to seek after knowledge and uh, have built up quite the academy to their name, as well as a very expansive public library that many people of all walks of life can come to to seek knowledge, to learn from, um, and also to contribute knowledge of their own. The library itself is run by a number of scholars and monks, various people who have dedicated their lives to the um, sort of the preservation of knowledge as well as its gain. Within the temple, a woman by the name of Sora is kind of overseeing the daily activities as the drizzly morning is kind of off to a lazy start today. Sora is walking about ensuring that the monks are tending to their duties, that the library is maintained clean, that the rugs are rolled out, uh, little shoe covers are kind of set off to the side so that people can remove their shoes upon entering the library as to keep the floors clean from any mud and various other tracks that uh, accompany a rainy day. Amongst the monks and scholars scurrying about their business, some conducting research, others organizing books, returning them to the shelves, and various um, other tasks, is one small individual. Maddie, would you like to describe your character for us? Yes. So among the library, there is a small semi-reptilian, only about two and a half feet tall, 
She's got red scales, except for what you can see of her chest and neck, which is yellow. Um, her face has some scales, but it's actually really fuzzy and red. And the fuzz goes from over her head and then down her spine. And uh, there's some little red spikes that also go down her spine on top of that fuzz. She's got really big floppy ears that go down past her shoulders and they're kind of velvety in texture. Uh, she's got a really long tail and at the end of it, it ends in a big fluff of red fur. She's got black horns. They're just really tiny and they've got two points on them and then black claws on the ends of her hands and feet and big shiny turquoise eyes. As you enter the library this morning, you see a familiar face look to you. Um, the face of a Genasi woman. She's got uh, sort of grayish blue skin, short, dark blue hair kind of cut into a bob, wearing uh, blue silks, golden chains and jewelry, uh, kind of decorating the outfit that she is wearing. She glances over to you, big smile on her face. Says, uh, says over here. Yeah, coming. Good morning, uh, Did you sleep well? Yeah, yeah, real good. Oh, good. I'm busy. But day. it was kind of hard to wake up. Oh, um, I've always been a bit of a morning person, so I can't say I had that same problem. But uh, I can see how uh, the weather would definitely make an impact on that. Yeah. Well, you're here now, and uh, I could use some help. Oh, okay. I'm real good at helping. Oh, wonderful. Um, Sora would like the entire library catalogued by the end of today. I guess there's some important visitor coming tomorrow and something about uh, important something. You know how she gets. Yeah. Um, so uh, I have this entire cart of books from the last several days that need to be returned to their shelves. Uh, do you think you could take the lower shelves? I'll take the higher ones. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, great. Um, and then she kind of glances around. And then maybe around lunchtime, we'll sneak off and do something a little more fun. Okay, yeah. We should paint each other's nails because my, my paint is off of my nails now. And she reaches down, kind of squats down next to you and takes your hands. Oh, oh dear. No, we've got to fix this. Um, I did get in a lovely shade of gold. I think you would really enjoy. Yeah, that'd be real cool. All right, well, quickly to the books so that we can get out of here early. Yes, good idea. Let's, let's work. As you turn to the cart of books, uh, you see um, Sami, this uh, Eric Genasi that you've been friends with since arriving at the library, start to take piles of books in her arms. She gently kind of floats up to the upper shelves, starts putting things away, uh, kind of humming a, a little song to herself as she does so. I try to be really graceful with putting the books up too, but... I can't make them float like she does, so I'm just kind of doing my best, trying to be cool, too. As you're organizing these books, putting them away on the lower shelves, you hear the tapping sounds of gentle wooden sandals as a, a gentleman walking by starts to kind of chuckle. Uh, you turn around and you see a human monk, um, shaved head, wearing red cloth, uh, a 
leather armor pauldron over one shoulder, uh, these kind of cloth stockings that are tucked into these wooden sandals. This is a man that you are also familiar with, having worked in the, this library for some time, um, a young man by the name of Fujimi. And you hear him chuckle behind you. Oh, hard at work this morning, Zez, I see. Yeah, I always work really hard. Uh, would you like a bit of a boost? You seem to be having trouble reaching those upper shelves. Um, uh, well, I guess you can help. That would be okay, I guess. With your permission, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you can give me a boost. He hoists you up, uh, kind of like you would a, a small child, just picks you up around the waist, sets you on top of his very large shoulders as he takes some books and starts to hand them to you. Point the way, young Zez. Uh, that way. He kind of moves I feel to the so side. Tall. I never been this tall before, except for when I sit on your shoulders. You'll get there someday, little one. I will? Yeah. I'm sure of it. The way you've been training lately. I'm gonna grow real big and strong. <laughs> I have no doubt, little one. No doubt at yeah. all. Um, speaking of which, how are your training sessions going? Good. I can hit things and with a stick and with my fists. Oh, yeah. I can kick things too. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, yeah. You tried uh, setting up the targets yet? Um, I mostly just practice on like the shelves and stuff when nobody's looking, but don't tell anyone. Starts to chuckle a little and glances around. Don't let Sora hear you. Yeah, that. Yeah, don't tell her. Oh, don't worry. You know your secrets are safe with me, little one. Yeah. Now, um, but any fun maybe next for this time. rainy day? Uh, yeah, we're, after we put away all the books, then Sami and I are gonna paint each other's nails. Do you wanna come? Oh, do you think you could, um, spruce up? He rubs his hair all shaved. Could use a little bit of a design. Oh. I kind of like rub his fuzzy head. I don't know, I've never done that before, but maybe we could try it. It's definitely worth a shot, don't you think? You know. Yeah, it could be fun. Look. Did you hear this business about important visitors coming by tomorrow? Nope. Rumor has it it's why Nobody Sora tells me anything. in this uh, entire place from, from top to bottom. I mean, she's very much a neat freak, but this is, this is uh, a new level for her. Yeah, I never had to catalog the whole library in one day. He glances around and then kind of looks up to you. I've heard rumor that perhaps the Oracle himself is coming to visit the library. Ooh. But um, I, I never seen the Oracle. I haven't either. Only from a very far distance. Uh, he doesn't come out much. Yeah. But, um, why, why are you come to the library, though? Uh, see, I'm not sure, but uh, 
certainly there are very few people that bear such importance that Sora would have us cleaning this entire place, cataloging all of our findings, and, uh, you know, getting this place in squeaky clean shape. Yeah, usually when the Oracle wants something, I just take it and his his helpers take it, give it to him. I don't actually see him and he doesn't come here. So this is real weird. See, that's what I'm thinking, but why else would she be so secretive about it if it were, you know, somebody ordinary? Yeah. She didn't care about ordinary people. Well, well I mean, she <laughs> does, but like not not enough to clean the whole library for them. Oh yes, yes. That no. would be a lot of work every day. That that would be terrible. Yeah. Well, See, kind of pulls another stack of books off the cart and kind of hands them up to you. Well, I know technically none of us are really supposed to be in the library tomorrow, but Sora never said anything about the roof. What do you say you and I do some sneaking around? Yeah, yeah. It'll be real sneaky. And are there like skylights on top of the library or a way we'd be able to kind of listen in or uh you know that the the library has several stories uh the main floor of this library contains most of the public records while the upper floors contain more of the private collections things that aren't necessarily given to public eye as well as a series of kind of offices and studies and various things uh, some of them do have some uh little windows and things like that that you could be able to to get to, or at least eavesdrop from. Okay. Yeah, we should do that. I I know lots of ways to climb up there. Um, and I think, because I really want to know, I don't like it when I don't know stuff, which is like right now. And so I really want to know. So we should sneak on the roof. You and me That's both. That's a good idea. But um, I am not any kind of Pats's belly. Not the best at sneaking uh, these days, and uh, between this extra weight and these creaky knees, uh, I'm getting a bit old for this. You're not old. Oh, no, no, but um, I'm older than you. That's true. I could climb. I can be real sneaky. See? I can get us up to the roof, and then you can go about and report back, and we'll both be in the know. Yeah. All right, but it stays between you and me, little one. Hey, I won't tell anybody. Good, good. Not even if they ask. Exactly. This cannot get back to Sora, otherwise she will ban us from the roof, and there goes my entire plan. Yeah. Oh, here she comes. Look busy. As hmm. he... This one goes right here. Is just dusting <laughs> off a shelf with his hand. You see a very elegantly dressed, pale woman, dark black hair that almost seems to kind of free float around her shoulders and her waist. Uh, the dress that she wears is made of blue and red silks that are embroidered with all sorts of mythological beings and gold thread. The silks of her skirts also just float around her, and she makes basically no noise as she very gracefully walks across this floor towards you. Good morning, everybody. Um, morning. Good morning, says. I see. Hard at work, I see. Yep. I'm always hard at work. Oh, Except I for when I'm not. 
which is not right now. Of course, little one. Um, and she kind of looks over both of your shoulders, inspecting the shelves. Good, good, good. Yes, uh, I think we're on track to be finished with all of this cataloging today. Um, do keep at it, sir. We've got to make sure this place is completely spotless. Big event tomorrow. What's the big event? Oh, it's a surprise, little one. Oh. It would be no fun if I told you. But it might be a little fun. <laughs> he told me. Patience, little one, patience. And she kind of reaches up, places a finger to your nose, just gently. Patience is the key to a good learner. Then I got patience. I know you do. Yeah. Back to work. Yep, back to work. She kind of drifts off. Uh, you feel kind of a, a little tap on your foot as Fujimi looks up at you, places a finger to his lips, and just gives you a knowing nod. I'm gonna return the finger to the lips and kind of scrunch up my face like, mm-hmm. As the, the two of you, uh, you still riding on Fujimi's shoulders, go about organizing the, the books on the shelf, making sure that they're all well alphabetized and straightened out, uh, that all the shelves are dusted and everything is in its proper place. We go a little bit west in the city uh, to the temple grounds. Uh, just to the west of the academy and the library is the large uh, open space of gardens, very, very beautifully decorated. At uh, this time of year, the flowers are beginning to come into full bloom. Um, green bushes that have been very neatly trimmed, ginkgo trees that give shade to stone benches placed along the walkways. Uh, past this garden in the temples themselves, these very large buildings, domed ceilings with these elegant stone spires that uh, rise up off of them, beautifully painted murals, both on the outer walls and the inner walls. And as you enter the temple itself, a large receiving chamber um, that is almost eerily silent, except for the sound of passing footsteps and hushed whispers as people try to keep a, an air of reverence in this space. A series of doors and hallways shoot off from this main hall, leading down to various smaller chambers where shrines have been set up dedicated to various deities that people come from all parts of the city and as well as parts outside the city to pay respects and to try and seek the counsel of the great ones from the realms beyond. Down one of these um, hallways is a chamber that is painted with the very, very gorgeous, colorful mural of a phoenix in flight across a blue, cloudless sky, blazing sun in the background, rolling hills and rice fields, bamboo forests far below. 
um, in the center of this chamber, surrounded by this very gorgeously painted mural, are a, a series of red lush cushions that have been placed around a small shrine. Um, the shrine itself is a small stone edifice, kind of shaped like a small building, um, as well as a stone um, phoenix statue that has been covered in golden foil. Uh, kneeling before this small shrine, lighting some incense in front of it, is a an older gentleman, a fire genasi, dark red skin. Uh, he's got the, the aging signs of crow's feet around his eyes, the wrinkles tugging at the corner of his mouth, and all of these wrinkles bear sort of the impression of cracks of lava peeking through dark skin as these wrinkles in his face seem to glow just slightly with this bright yellow orange flame. His hair slicked back seems to kind of almost glimmer the the appearance of embers against black coal through his hair. He's dressed in dark red robes, uh, gold trimmed, the emblem of a large phoenix in flight, mirroring that of the one on the wall, uh, embroidered into the back of his silk robes. As he lights this incense, uh, kind of straightens out, bows deeply to the shrine to pay his respects. Uh, he stands and addresses the other individual in this room. Katie, would you like to introduce your character? Right. So standing on the other side of this room is a rather tall tiefling woman with very long cascading dark purple hair cut in a hime style bangs, um, the length of which is tied in the back with a white ribbon and a very low ponytail. Um, I'm wearing a very delicate red and white makeup with very generous pink blush and red lipstick almost in an attempt to distract from the fact that my mouth slits open almost all the way to my ears and can't quite close all the way, revealing a row of very white, sharp teeth. My eyes are very reminiscent of fire because and lava. They have yellow and then they fade to red. And instead of sitting in a white eye, they are surrounded by gray. Uh, I have very long, slender horns that arc from my forehead that fade from red to black at the tips. Um, my skin is incredibly pale that also slowly fades to red then black on my arms, which then goes to claws. Um, my legs are also pretty bare, but also fade from a black to a red where you can see they have almost raptor-like claws. I'm wearing a fairly short red yukata that's longer in the back than in the front, but still modest, with little black shorts. Uh, the yukata has fire details on fabric that sits over a series of woven metal plates, almost as armor. Similar woven metal plates sit on my legs to protect that. There are almost black polytrons on my shoulders with golden flaming accents. And also on my forearms, I have the same woven metal plates uh, there's a big protective metal belt on my red sash and woven leg wraps that leave a space for my pointy knees to peek through. 
I also have a very long, slender life tail that fades from red to black, but ends in a single red and golden tail that has a red ribbon tied around it. Uh, this older gentleman, as he stands from this uh, shrine, kind of looking over to you, uh, this is a man that most know as Ong Lai, uh, or the speaker of the Roasari. And you have come to know him simply as Lai. As he turns to you, smile, although a stern one, on his face. My dear, walk with me, would you? Of course, Lai, whatever you want. He leads you back down the hallway to the main chamber, glancing around at many of the other patrons who are kind of coming in and out of the temple, here to pay their respects to their various own deities. As you head further back down the main hallway, um, out into the gardens in the back of this temple, uh, there's a second building behind the, the main temple. And he looks to you. Um, I would like to show you something. Something that is not for many eyes, but um, between you and I, my months, perhaps even days, are numbered, and I wish to to leave something of a legacy. <laughs> is that not the wish of all the speakers? Please, lead the way. Uh, he leads you back into this back building, a building that you have only ever seen from the outside. Uh, this is the the sanctum um, through which the speakers really hold their own private councils with each other, with their deities, and with the oracle. Uh, and as he leads you into this building, as you step inside, it feels almost like entering another world. You leave behind the gray, drizzly atmosphere of the outer portion of Cadessa, and you enter a domed, large cylindrical room that as you walk down a set of stone stairs into this area, you see a large pool of water, perfectly serene and so still that you could gaze into it as if it were a mirror. At the center of this pool is a large tree currently in full bloom with cherry blossoms. And you see a number of these cherry blossoms scattered across the surface of the pool at the base of this tree. As he gazes to the tree itself, uh, he looks back at you. It is my hope that um, before too much longer, this will be a familiar sight to you. Uh, I kind of smile, making sure to keep my actual mouth closed, but just doing a, a little half smile almost and just nod almost already feeling as though I belong here and I say yes I would like to be familiar with this place it feels as though I'm meant to be here it feels good that pleases me um... although I am eyeing the pool of water a little a little suspiciously but i'm definitely trying to hide the fact that the water's kind of sussing me out he doesn't really seem to notice as he's busy staring at the tree in the center for many years this has been a place of respite and power for me but also a place of many mysteries 
There are many mysteries that in my lifetime I have not been able to solve, and unfortunately, that will haunt me into my next life, I do believe. But perhaps you can pick up where I have left off. I'm sure you will have left me many, many notes. If I can decipher them, that is. <laughs> oh, don't worry. You're, you're getting quite good at reading my handwriting. Yes, well, chicken scratching is a very much of a language of its own. Chicken scratch? <laughs> I would like to to think that um, not so much chicken as uh, phoenix, more elegant. I kind of flick my tail around and give him an eye. Hmm. Well, one of us is a little bit more phoenix than the other, it was the... He kind of turns, pointing to the embroidered motif on his back. Not all of us were born with such flashy features. Some were more meant for other things than others, it seems. Ah, this is true. You know, I'm not supposed to play favorites, but, um... Then again, I have done many a thing in my life that I was not supposed to do. And that is how I got here. Seems as though I am following your footsteps rather well. Ah, yes, that is the point, after all. Um, before too much longer, uh, I will pass to Ash from whence I came, and you, I do hope, will find success in undergoing the trials. The trials. Yes. Well, if my family has anything to say about it, I will be well trained for those. If I have anything to say about it, you will also be well trained. And hopefully well informed of those who would oppose me. Ah, yes. On that matter, um, come a little closer. And he, he walks down to just the edge of the pool, uh, standing just at its base, toes almost touching the surface of the water. And very, very carefully, he lifts a foot and just touches a toe to the water, creating a ripple that begins to push aside some of these cherry blossoms that have settled on the surface. As you gaze down into the water, you see in the ripple taking shape um, a series of images in the water. You see a volcano, um, almost as if you were looking down into its fire, and you see what appears to be some sort of large, almost feline, beast-like creature inside of it. The future that awaits you. The trials of the cauldron are um, not for the faint of hearts. But then again, you have never been faint of heart, my dear. <laughs> Fainting isn't in my blood. <laughs> uh, such is uh, the, the way of the speakers of the Roasari. You have a true fire within you. And if you ask me, that is what makes you qualified. 
And he, he taps the surface of the water again. Another series of ripples begins to course outward. The image of the volcano fades and is replaced by a, a series of faces that you see in the water. Uh, various individuals, some you recognize, some you don't. And you, the ones that you recognize, you know to be contenders to the title of the speaker. And he kind of motions to the faces in the water at his feet. Behold, uh, this should not be the first time you look down on such faces. No, but the next time I see them, it will be the last. <laughs> that is the spirit. The strong survive. The weak are reborn in flame. Hopefully to be stronger next time. That is always the goal. And um, he kind of taps his own shoulder. This is what I am hoping for too. This body has served me well, but it's any mortal body that is fading. I'd quite like a stronger one next time. Well, we all wish to be stronger in the next life. Oh, Sometimes yeah. you end up being more so than you ever thought you could. But then again, who remembers that except the Oracle? He gives you a little bit of a, an odd look. You are wise for your age too. I had a wonderful teacher. <laughs> that you did. As he straightens out his robes, one more time tapping the surface of the water as the ripples course out a third time those faces fade away and the the last image that you see in this pool of water is the city of Cadessa itself from an aerial view you can recognize the temple in the center the academy and the library to the side the various marketplaces, the open gardens, the fields, the rows and rows of houses and buildings all surrounded by the stone wall. As the image kind of zooms out, uh, you can see the surrounding forest and mountains, even the raging oceans beyond and off in the distance, the islands upon which the, the cauldron as well as other civilizations and settlements have been formed. See motions to all of it. Cadessa is but a small piece of a much larger puzzle. And progress is what this is all about. Do not lose sight of the bigger picture. I have a firm grasp on what that picture is and how I wish to repaint it when I am speaker. Good. Now, let us get out of here before the Oracle realizes I have allowed people who should not be in here to be in here. Shouldn't be too terrible if we get caught. I mean, I myself will be in here quite regularly in the future. He chuckles a little bit. And besides, what is he going to do? Kill me? I only have a few days left at this rate anyway. <laughs> he would start the trial sooner. He chuckles a little bit. Well, certainly would, but um, I would like to hope that uh, my spirit will be watching. You will have my guidance. <laughs> I will put it to good use. Ah. Let us return to the temple. Pay our respects to the phoenix one last time. Of course. You will soon be meeting with her. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then after that, um, 
I suppose we should take a trip to uh, the academy. I hear one of your competitors has uh, arrived in the city, and I would like to make a point. Mm. Making an acquaintance with an opponent. I like it. Consider Show them what they're up against. Exactly. And, um, you know, for knowledge's sake. Knowledge, of course. Knowing your enemy is half the battle. He backs away from the pool, kind of gathers his silk robe very elegantly as to keep it away from disturbing the waters further. Hmm. To the temple, then. And then, to knowledge. To knowledge. As you accompany uh, this older gentleman back into the temple grounds, uh, we go to just outside the temple in the outer gardens where underneath the would-be shade, if there were more sun at this moment, of a large ginkgo tree is sitting a lonely individual playing a lovely melody. Zelfo, would you like to introduce your character? Alrighty. So, even though I'm sitting, normally when I stand up, I'm about the average height of about 5'8". My body's very slim, yet very feminine for a man. I'm pale, but not, you know, paper white pale. I have seen some sun. Um, I have bright gold eyes, and I wear a black and blue hakama. Uh, the top is a is blue with like lighter blue kind of sakura petals kind of cascading down the sleeves and my top is purposely folded right over left rather than the typical left over right uh, the bottom half is black and plain with no pattern the trim all over is a soft gold color um, i wear no shoes and my nails are long claw like with like a dark brown color um, i also wear a little blue cat collar with like a gold <laughs> bell on it and my hair is long and thick and it's white with the ombre that goes from orange to about a dark brown and then to top it all off I have a little pair of cat ears to go with it uh, as you've been sitting uh, underneath this tree it's now Late morning, uh, approaching noon, you can smell the oncoming rain. Uh, what are you doing? I'm just remaining where I'm sitting and continuing to play a melody on my shamisen and just going about my day and just being overall happy with life. As you sit there, big smile on your face, almost lost in this melody that you're playing. The gentle sound of wind and the occasional sound of very distant thunder, providing the occasional percussion to your music. You feel a presence nearby, uh, somebody sitting not too far away, just close enough as to be able to really bask in the melody that you're playing, but not so close as to make it uncomfortable. Uh, clearly, this individual does not want to disturb you. Um, for a moment, uh, they just listen and you you see them kind of swaying in the, the gentle melodies that you're playing. As you, you kind of glance over, you see a very, um, very fair woman 
jet black hair piled very elegantly on top of her head, pinned in place with silver hairpins. She's wearing a very gentle sky blue uh, kimono embroidered with the image of a crane across one shoulder. Uh, the the obi that she wears is a bright silver in color. Um, and as she glances at you, you see that silver eyes reflect your own gold eyes as she just smiles. I return the smile back with a simple, you have good taste in fashion. She returns that smile with an even greater one. Huh. And you have wonderful taste in music. Thank you. It's nice that some people around here enjoy my music. The rain is coming, though. Uh, you should think about moving indoors before too much longer. I mean, I might. It just depends on how much is gonna fall if it's just only a sprinkle I don't I don't need to go inside she looks up to the sky mm, I fear that uh, it's going to be a bit more than a meager drizzle today I'll be the judge of that when it starts falling <laughs> well then um, I do wish you luck with that but um, please continue with a slight nod of my head, I just continue off to where I left off on my music playing. Continue to play. She remains for several long moments, just enjoying the sound of music, uh, kind of glancing off into the distant sky every once in a while. After several long minutes pass, you're not exactly sure how long, as you tend to get lost in your own music and your own thoughts, she gathers up her silk kimono, stands. Ah. I do believe this moment uh, must come to an end, as do they all, but thank you for the music. I stop playing and I give her another smile with a little wave of my hand. I hope you have a pleasant evening. Uh, you as well. Um, she extends one hand, the other kind of tucked underneath her elbow in a show of respect. Your name? You can just call me Minji. Minji, it's it's such a pleasure to uh, share such beautiful music with somebody. Uh, you may call me Nari. Oh, it's a pleasure to meet you, Nari. And uh, perhaps um, when the weather is a bit more fair, you would uh, grace us with your music once more. Well, if uh, the weather does permit it tomorrow, I'll be back here at the spot. I will look for you. But, um, do be careful. You you do know that tomorrow is a day of misfortune. Oh, it'll be fine. I don't worry about it. Hmm. I wish I had your, um, outlook on life. And on the weather. Although, between you and me, I do believe I am right. Like I said, I'll be the judge of that when it starts falling. Well, do keep those ears of yours dry. I'll do my best. She begins to leave the gardens, heading into the temple itself. Uh, you are once again left alone with just a handful of passerbys who give you some stop for a moment, but 
pass by on their way as you continue to play your music. Uh, you sit there, the day kind of passing on, and as the afternoon rolls around, a light drizzle begins to drip from the sky onto your head, your ears, your shoulders, the instrument in front of you. I stop for a moment, and I kind of just feel as the rain falls and kind of like test it out before continuing to play again, seeing that not coming down too hard start to play and as you do the the rain begins to pick up a little more the thunder growing a little bit louder a little closer stop again kind of let out an annoyed sigh before finally getting up to my feet fine fine i'll head inside mutter to myself before I start packing up. Uh, as you begin to pack up, you suddenly feel the rain above you stop. I kind of stop what I'm doing. Kind of look up above me. And as you do, you see the same woman uh, standing just behind you. Very much waiting. A large parasol extended above your head. I told you to keep your ears dry. Well, they were dry until it started falling down heavier. Why don't you come inside? I think about it for a moment, for nodding. All right, I'll follow you. She motions uh, for you to follow her into the temple chamber. Um, and once inside, she kind of shakes the parasol dry, removes her shoes, places on a pair of wooden sandals that are kind of left just in rows for patrons of the temple to swap out their own wet, grimy shoes from outside into something a little bit cleaner. As she motions for you to do the same. I kind of stop near the doorway. I look down at my feet and how they're just bare and kind of guessing muddy from the rain. Do you want me to wash them off first before I walk in? Oh, that would probably be for... Let me. And she kind of mutters a couple of words, snapping her fingers, and you see this kind of muddy water pull itself from your feet in a bunch of small droplets as it kind of utters its way out the door, splashing on the steps of the temple outside. I kind of raise my, what little eyebrows I have, impressed. That, that works too. And then I move further into the temple. Um, I do believe that there is a shrine that could use some lovely music today, if you don't mind. No, I would be more than happy to play some music for whatever shrine you'd like me to. Oh, great. Um, she starts to lead you uh, down the hallway and then starts to veer off towards the left down one of the halls. And uh, as she does, you you hear kind of a, a gentle voice um, of an older gentleman. <clears throat> Nari, who's your friend? Uh, you turn around and you see two individuals kind of emerging from a hallway on the other side. One of them is a an older uh, fire genasi man 
dark red silk robes. He's accompanied by a very tall tiefling woman, uh, armored. The two of them, you're fairly tall, but the two of them tower above you, even from a distance, as Nari turns to the two of them. Lai, uh, this is Minji. Minji is a musician. We just met outside. I kind of nervously smile before finally saying, oh, hello. Uh, oh, Minji, this is, uh, well, I suppose I just call him Lai, but um, you, you can call him by... Uh, speaker or Onglai, uh, whatever he would prefer, and he kind of... Onglai is just fine, and um, this is Akari. Pleasure. I give a slight bow, and my tail whips around and covers half of my face, almost like a fan. It's also a pleasure to meet you. Uh, Akari, as you see these two individuals um, that lives kind of stopped to greet, you recognize Nari. Uh, she is somebody that has been around um, for many years now, uh, probably close to seven years. Um, and she is currently the speaker of Alalun, um, the realm of shadows. As she kind of nods, I hear that you're a prime candidate to be joining us shortly. That is the hope, although there are many competitors who I'm sure are trained. Well, Lai seems to like you, and I tolerate Lai, so that's more than I can say for most people. Well, you certainly look the part of a speaker, so I look forward to working with you. She kind of gives a little nod, looks back to you, Minji. Come along. Okay. Uh, she leads you down this hallway into a large open rounded chamber. The chamber in here, uh, the walls are painted uh, deep purple in color. Um, and there are images of fox creatures and small little toad spirits. Uh, many sorts of trickster sorts of individuals uh, represented on the walls. And uh, there are a number of various little shrines, some boxes, a little place for incense um, in this chamber, as well as a number of deep purple cushions that are scattered around. Uh, inside the chamber itself are a number of individuals. Some of them are writing small little notes, tying them with ribbon to a, um, a large display that hangs from the wall um, underneath the image of a nine-tailed kitsune. Um, a couple more are paying their respects to the various shrines, some of them putting coins in boxes, others simply offering prayers. Um, as they kind of glance to your direction, a couple of them give a nod of respect to Nari, who motions to you. Um, unlike some of the other shrines, we are quite fans of music here. We would love to um, have you grace us with your gifts. Well, I can definitely do that. Very well. Um, she looks to some of the others. Come, come, gather. This this is Minji. 
Minji is quite the talented musician and it's been a while since we've enjoyed such fine music and I thought it would be a great uh, addition to this dreary day outside. Something to usher in. Good luck. I kind of grin at the mention of good luck before taking a seat somewhere where I deem comfortable and then I start playing. Uh, as you play, the gentle sounds of music kind of filling this chamber, echoing just slightly down the hall. Uh, over the next few minutes, a couple more people wander their way in, mostly now out of curiosity more than anything, as the sound of music has seeped its way into the main portion of the temple. Um, your your music begins to drown out the sound of rain that is beginning to pound against the ceiling above you um, and the uh, areas outside as the rain now mid-afternoon begins to turn into a downpour. Uh, the sound of thunder rolling in flashes of lightning across a darkened sky above Kedessa. Um, we return to the eastern part of the temple grounds, uh, just outside the temple grounds, nestled in between the temples and the library is a large stone building, wide open archway doors. And this is something of an academy, a place where many come to study, to learn the ways of both gods and magic, to learn history, to study alchemy, to practice the, the various scientific routes and seek progress and perfection of a sort. Um, in these grounds themselves, there are a number of off-limits areas, places where certain experiments are being conducted by scholars and wizards, uh, people who have dedicated their entire lives to trying and unlock the mysteries of both this mortal realm and the six realms that lie beyond. Uh, amongst a number of very busy individuals uh, is one somewhat out of place individual walking amongst them, small fuzzy creature accompanying him. Brady, would you like to describe your character for us? Uh, sure. Uh, so you see uh, kind of a gangly human teenager uh, he's a little tall for his age. He's got chin-length black hair. Um, he's wearing kind of a very unassuming yellow-orange linen jacket and boots. Um, look a little bit threadbare. Um, maybe like they haven't been cleaned in a little while. Um, and right now he's got a, a short hooded cloak kind of tucked behind this pack he's got on his back that Looks like it's maybe a size or two too large for him. Um, and then uh, you see on his hip is just this very uh, kind of standard looking, but very well-loved uh, tome strapped to his belt. Uh, as you have kind of made your way through the main areas of the academy that are sort of a more public access space, uh, a couple of people have stopped to look at you. Um, one in particular stops in front of you. He's kind of a middle-aged man wearing a, a black short sleeve top, little nuts uh, holding it uh, closed, wearing simple white pants, sandals, as he looks down to you. Um, 
Can I be of assistance to you? Um, I'm looking for, uh, um, well, uh, I, I'm trying to do some research. Um, could you point me in the direction, um, of where I might find some books that, uh, might be on the topic of, uh, the Yadasim? Oh, oh, yes, you, you're looking for information on the, the jungle spirits. Yeah, you, you could say that it's just a, a, a casual curiosity. I just, I was told that, that all the best books were, were here uh, and that this was the best place that I could, I could come to, to learn a, a little more about uh, the jungle. Well, you're almost in the right spot. Um, if it's books you're looking for, you're actually looking for the building next door. Oh, great. Great. Um. Uh, and I just turn around and immediately march away towards the oh. library. Good luck. Hmm. You get stranger every day, these youth you, you hear as you just head out the academy doors as you make your way through the rain to the building next door. The library doors have been shut, uh, mostly to keep the rainwater out of the entryway. Uh, however, a pair of monks are standing at the, the doorway, both of them with parasols, and as you approach one of them, the library? Uh uh, y y yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, is that is that this building? Yes, yes. Uh, please uh, dry your feet before you enter. Uh, as uh, he pushes the door open, uh, you can see these rugs that have been laid out uh, just on the inside of the entryway. As the light from the chamber kind of hits your eyes, very contrast, uh, very much in contrast to the gray, dark weather outside. The library is extremely well lit. As you look around this chamber, uh, lanterns have been hung from all areas of the ceiling, mounted to the walls, and are very much aglow with a bright, warm white light isn't firelight like typical lanterns through most of the city, but appears to be very much magical in nature. And you can just see rows and rows of shelves that are filled with old tomes and scrolls and various collections of all sorts of literature. Um, so realizing that he's been kind of getting a lot of funny looks from everyone because of his age, he actually like leans down to like tie non-existent shoelaces. And when he comes up, his hair is now gray and he has like a foot long gray beard. Um, and he's just going to walk up to the nearest, uh, like library person. Uh, as you enter... A uh, young woman uh, catches your eye, meets your gaze. Uh, she is um, a Janasi woman, grayish blue skin, short uh, black blue hair. As she, oh, um, kind of bows in respect. Uh, good evening, uh, afternoon. It's dark for the afternoon, but how might I be of assistance? Uh, in, indeed, uh, I would. Uh, could you direct me towards uh, the area that you hold all of your knowledge regarding the, the Yata Sim, please? Oh, uh, of course. Uh, 
Do you, do you need a hand? Uh, no, no, thank you. I'm I'm fine. I appreciate that, child. Uh, yes. Um, this way, this way, as she guides you over to um, an area of the library where a number of scrolls are just awaiting you, kind of tucked in. You can see the little tags that are hanging off of them to identify uh, what they contain. Um, this is uh, most of our research and collections literature on the Yotasim. Uh, uh, is there anything in particular I can be of assistance in finding? Uh, uh, yes, uh, specifically I'm I'm looking for uh, anything, any books you might have on uh, the selection process for the for the speaker of of the Yotasim. Uh, it's something oh. of a of a pet project of mine that I'm researching. She gives a little bit of a chuckle. Um, you you must have dedicated some time to this study. Um, they're, they're very secretive in their ways, but uh, I there are some books about the histories of the speakers um, of the Yatasim. Perhaps maybe some of those would contain some hints for you. Uh, yes, that would be, I think, a great place to start, young one. Um, yes, uh, she, she starts to pull... Uh, some scrolls and things off of the shelves, uh, hands them to you. Um, please, if there's anything else I can help you with, um, you feel free to come find me. I would be hard at work cataloging the entire library today. I know where quite a bit is now. Thank you, thank you. And uh, what was your name, dear? Oh, um, she kind of blushes a little. You can tell she's not used to people asking her name. Sami, uh, and, and yours? Uh, my, my, my name is Kai. Uh, it's, it's nice to meet you, Sami. Uh, it's a pleasure, uh, Mr. Kai. Uh, and I'm going to, uh, look for, like, the nearest, like, chair or desk. These books and start reading. Okay, uh, yeah, there is a nearby table uh, that you can take this collection of literature to um, as you do so. Um, go ahead, just make me a general investigation check as you are searching through all of these books and scrolls. Um, that will be... Uh, 18. Okay. Um, very much true to Sami's word. Uh, you see that the books contain mostly histories, names, and dates of when people became speaker, how long they served as speaker for, where they came from, some of them being native to Gadessa, some of them being from outlying villages, or even from quite far distances, cities you've never heard of. Um, Unfortunately, the, the speaker process remains pretty elusive. Um, what you gather from these texts is pretty much all that is common knowledge, that there's a shrine hidden somewhere in the depths of the jungle. And part of the trial of speakerdom for the Yadassim is being able to listen to the jungle trees and seek their guidance to this hidden shrine. Uh, so I pull out like a piece of paper uh, from my pack and I just like feel around, like I'm looking for something, all of my pockets. And then I'm like, oh, right. And I just kind of bring my fingers together and separate them. And in the space between my fingers, 
this quill that is a red green parrot feather just kind of appears out of nowhere uh, and I just start like effectively transcribing everything of importance on where this uh, process might take place. Uh, as you were transcribing, um, just on the other side of the library, Zez, as you're sitting at a chair, your newly painted golden claws, um, Sami returns to the table. Um, Zez. Look, they sparkle when I do this. Aren't, isn't it pretty? I told you you'd like that paint. Yeah. Um, and she glances over, kind of motions her head towards kind of this elderly looking, smaller, hunched gentleman sitting at a table over this pile of books. As you you see him kind of magically straighten his fingers out as a quill forms. I, I think that man might be a magician. Yeah, he just made a magic feather. And now he's writing with it. I, like, look at my fingers and try to copy what he did. Ah. It didn't so work. Close, so close. You'll get it. Yeah. I try again. Yeah, it still didn't work. Maybe he's reading a book about how to do that. I should read that book. Um, I gave him books on... They were mostly names. I don't think any of those books had anything to do about summoning feathers out of the air. Oh. If they did, I have been missing out. Me too. We should definitely try to learn that. Yeah, that'd be really cool to do. We can make so many feathers. And maybe other stuff. Maybe he'll do something else. Okay. I'm gonna try to get closer to him. I'm gonna try to... (laughs) Sneak over to Kai. Uh, go ahead and make me a stealth check. <laughs> Ooh, it's bad. Stealth. What we got? Seven. <laughs> Kai, as you're sitting at this table, taking notes on these, uh, the various things that you were finding, you hear the squeaking of a chair <laughs> and what is sounding like these painfully slow plop, plop footsteps that are slowly approaching you. Um, and as you, you glance over, you see this small uh, kind of dragonling figure, a couple feet tall, trying to crouch, very, very much trying to make very quiet footsteps along the stone floor. But with every step, uh, her claws on her feet kind of hit the stone and make this clacking noise. As he looks over and sees me, I'm gonna use the the Drax method and just freeze. Ah, <laughs> uh, he- he- hello, my child. Are 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 you trying to hide? I just don't move or say anything. <laughs> uh, you hear he's gonna reach into you. a little pouch uh, on his side. Uh, and pull out this like little biscuit uh, and he's gonna and like are uh, do you like cookies? Yeah. And I'm gonna reach out 
Uh, and then with the other half, he's actually going to reach back to his pack. And if you're looking really closely, you might have seen two little tiny black fuzzy arms reach out and grab it and pull it back into the backpack. <laughs> Did I see that? Uh, make me a perception check. Uh, 15. Uh, you, you see him reach back and you're not quite sure. Did he just feed his backpack? I'll scurry up and take the thing he's holding out to me. Thanks, I do like cookies. I, yes, I figured. Does your backpack eat? Uh, I just like to, to sometimes save snacks for later. Oh, that's a good idea, because if you run out of snacks, you'd be sad. Exactly, yes. I'm always sad when I run out of snacks. Do you make feathers out of magic? Uh, I, I, uh, uh you could say that, yes. Uh, my, it's, it's just kind of a, a little parlor trick that I, I like to do sometimes. Uh, it also... Makes it a lot easier. I'm, I'm very forgetful in my old age. Uh, I've lost so many quills and pens over the years that I just found some found some lore one day in the in the library that allowed me to just create new ones when I need them. Wow! Can you show me how to do that? I tried to do it and it didn't work. See, look, and I just do the same thing I did again. Nothing happens. Uh, sure. Uh, and I, I pick up the, the quill and I just kind of slap my hands together and it just disappears. Wow. Uh, so, uh, what you have to do is, uh, focus very much. Think of, uh, all of the books. Uh, when you're putting your the books back here, do you ever have you ever read them before you you ever open them? Some of them. I like the ones with pictures. Think think really hard about the script that you see uh, in those books, uh, and channel that into your fingertips, uh, and then just pull the pen out of uh yeah uh yeah it, it's okay i i didn't it didn't work for me the first time either oh and maybe i need to read more books uh always always look my fingers sparkle Ooh. uh how did you do that with paint very 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 nice Okay, I'm going to go read more books. Thanks for the cookie. Have you're, fun reading more books. You're you're welcome. For studies. Bye. I just scurry off back to uh, Sami. He told me to think of all the words in the books and to pull a feather out of my fingers, but it still didn't work. He said he had to practice, though, so I'm going to keep practicing. What good? You'll get it. I know you will. And uh, Kai, with your passive perception, you you notice uh, Sami kind of glance your way, kind of mouth a little thank you for for humoring uh, her friend. 
as uh, Sami turns back to you, says, so, um, we'll keep practicing that, um, yeah. He's, she kind of leans in. He does seem like he's been at this for quite a while. Yeah, he's got a big beard. Uh, yes, and a magic backpack, apparently. Yeah, well, he said he's just saving snacks for later. Oh, very smart, very smart. Yeah, he gave me a cookie. It was real good. I saw, what a nice gentleman. Yeah, he's nice. Um, well, I suppose we should get back to the books. Yeah, that was a fun break. <laughs> um, where did Fujimi go? I don't know. He's probably off sleeping again. On the job. Who would do that? Let's go find him. Okay. First one to find him gets extra porridge at dinner. Oh, that's my porridge. As uh, she kind of trying not to run, but speed walking away, um, Sami kind of stops next to you, Kai. Uh, thank you, uh, Abba. It's uh, my young friend. Uh, has been wanting to learn magic for so long. Uh, I thought it would do her good to uh, get some encouragement. Of, of course, I myself remember what it was like to be young once. Uh, I'm always happy to help. A pleasure. Thank you. As uh, she walks away, leaving you once again to your studies. And as you continue to search through the scrolls and tomes available in the library, uh, you notice that several monks have kind of gathered near the front, um, having a kind of bit of a conversation. Um, it's, it definitely draws your eye, um, as some of them seem eager and excited um, to, to speak with whoever has just arrived. Uh, as you look, um, several of the monks, as well as a, a very pale woman with long black hair who appears to be very much in charge of this library, um, have met with an individual at the, the front of the library doors. Um, this man is, um, he is an Aarakocra, uh, has very parrot-like features, um, long kind of golden beak, uh, red feathers. Uh, he's wearing kind of this golden headdress and a very nice looking um, yellow and orange uh, monk style robes as the, the woman who appears to be in charge of the library kind of takes his hand, bows in respect. Um, this, this is a man, you've seen him in passing on occasion. He tends to frequent areas around the academy and the library um, as uh, you you kind of see them usher him back um, to the stairs leading to the upper floors of the library. Uh, the library goes silent again and you're, you're left back with your studies. Um, do I recognize who that person would be? Uh, go ahead and make me a history check. Uh, that is a 23. Okay. Um, yes, you recognize um, that this is a man. You've seen his portrait um, many times in places around the academy. Uh, this is a man by the name of Shatri. Uh, he is the current um, 
essentially like the the head professor and scholar at the academy um and you know that he's been conducting a large number of studies outside of cadessa for some time um and has apparently returned to the city uh I would like to leave the books uh, and kind of very nonchalantly and, and slow in my old age follow this. As you start to head uh, towards the stairs, shuffling along, as you reach the staircase, one of the monks raises a hand. Excuse me, sir, um, the, the upper levels are private collections only. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, how would one gain access to such private collections? Uh, usually by contribution to the collections themselves. Oh, oh uh, 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 very, very well. Um, I'm going to reach kind of back to uh, the the pack and almost by magic, this book just kind of is presented to me um, out of the backpack. And and when I present him, it's just this handwritten book of notes uh, that Kai has taken uh, on his latest um, uh, uh Would would such a, a contribution qualify? Um, a moment. Uh, Taewoo? Uh, come here a moment. As he turns back, kind of motions somebody else, um, a human man, kind of middle-aged, walks out wearing very elegant-looking scholarly robes as he, uh, uh, might I be of assistance, as the monk kind of motions back to you. Um, this, this gentleman here would like to offer a contribution in order for access to the upper levels. He takes it. Hmm. Oh. Quite the, quite the collection of, hmm. You have been studying uh, plant life outside the, the city? Uh, yes, I, I have. I, I, had, I, I was here some time ago and I, I felt that your collection on, on the plant life, the catalog of plants outside the city were quite lacking. Uh, and so I took it upon myself to, to uh, expand that knowledge. Uh, and within the book, you can just see it's written like a, a journal, but then there are all of these in the margins, different colored notations that have also just been scribbled uh, of almost every single observation you can think of. Uh, make a persuasion check for me. That's a at one. Uh, so that is a uh two <laughs> this uh middle-aged human man kind of glances at it um lacking you you say um i i don't mean to boast but um have you seen our collection on uh cadescent foliage it's quite extensive um but perhaps if you were to come back, clean these notes up a little bit, uh, it would be a worthy contribution to our collections. Oh, uh, I, I suppose. Very, very well, very well. 
Yes, thank you. Uh, very dejected, he's just gonna put the book back in his back and walk away. <laughs> uh, as you you do so, uh, denied access to the upper levels of the library. Um, returning to your previous books that you'd left on the table, we jump to um, once again to the the academy grounds, a kind of a very walled off area within the academy itself where a number of scholars are very busy at work uh, perfecting their art um, a number of rows of large desks have been neatly arranged and on each of these desks is rolled out a large piece of parchment um, a the ink stone with fresh ink being mixed into them and there is little noise in this room save for the sound of rain on the ceiling above and the sound of brushes gently tracking ink in delicate patterns uh, over these pieces of parchment um, among the students uh sudi would you like to describe your character for us yes um slouched over Oh, well, no, not quite slouched, more elegantly shoulders back, leaning over their parchment. You see um, uh, a young man with straight, long white hair with small braids throughout that look a bit tasseled here and there where you can see a couple strands coming out of the braids or dirty, dark soot marks from the ink. Uh, otherwise, he looks very well kept. Uh, though his clothing is not new, it looks well cared for and like higher quality. Um, you instantly recognize the style and colors that he is wearing to be associated with a local shrine. The, the flowing fabrics kind of soften the looks of what's like broad shoulders and a firm body. He's carrying a satchel, kind of more like hanging off the side of his chair that almost clashes with the uniform appearance of his attire. Um, and you can see under his brow, um, bright golden eyes and a slight smile. And to top it all off, uh, white little cat ears, fox ears, to be more precise. Uh, walking amidst the row of students is a, um, a an older woman. Uh, she is uh, darker skinned, has uh, very black hair that's kind of cut very, very short, um, almost shaved as she walks back and forth among the rows, inspecting the work of the various students at work here. Uh, she stops in front of your table. Oh, excellent work, Simo. You've been practicing. Always. Um, you know this woman um, now as almost a, a, she's gone from being a teacher to really a mentor in the arts that you have been studying. Um, 
She simply goes by the name uh, Master to most of her students, um, keeping her name well guarded, a, a practice that she realized has kind of been a, a norm amongst some of the teachers uh, throughout this academy. Um, the All of the students simply refer to her as master and it has become something of a challenge among the students to figure out what her name actually is. Um, as she stops to inspect your work, she kind of, oh, little, just, just a bit more pressure at the end of your strokes there. Oh, uh, of course, master. Of course. Good work, good work. Um, she goes on to the next student. Mm, yes, a little bit shorter, right there. Uh, oh, that's better, that's better. Good, keep practicing. Um, as she works her way through the rows, finally comes to the end, returns to the front of this room, clears her throat. Good work today, all of you. Um, you've come very, very far, and uh, I think it's all, it's very much... You all deserve a bit of a break. Um, as some of you may know, tomorrow is the fourth day of the fourth lunar month and rather a, a day of misfortune. So as to appease the, the powers at work, um, I think it would be best if we all take the day to ourselves. <laughs> Shimo kind of smiles to himself. Kind of remembering back when this particular day in time, uh, when he was first discovering the art, how misfortune seemed to have followed him. <laughs> Just smiling. <sighs> Wise advice. <laughs> it is indeed a misfortunate day. And he starts just packing up brushes and ink stones uh, into a wooden box. Well, in that case, I will see you all in two days' time. Don't forget to keep practicing, though. I do take note. Uh, goes and approaches. Uh, master. Uh, master, uh, what will you be doing during this time? Oh, um, I do believe it would be best um, for myself to to seek out some guidance at the one of the shrines. Uh, yes. I mean, I mean, I, it, it could be good. So, uh, uh, I'm not sure if I, I don't know, I don't know. It's kind of gloomy at the shrines during this time, and I, they're all so serious. <laughs> Do you have a guardian spirit, Shimo? Uh, I'm not sure if I believe in that, I mean... <laughs> Uh, it's, it's all, it's all a bit of lore, right? <laughs> well, lore, stories, faith, all the same, really, if you think about it. But um, you of all people know now that there is power in words. 
There is. And I, I have you to thank for that. Thank you for guiding me. It's, it's helped. It's helped a lot. Of course. Um... Well, <laughs> I, I guess I should be off to my own track. <laughs> so, you know, uh, visit my brothers there. <laughs> Yes, um, to wish your family well. Of course, thank you. They have good reason to be proud of you. Oh, <laughs> thanks. And he just neatly packs everything away and slings a satchel over his shoulder, grabs a, a straw hat, um, that was leaning up against the table on his way out and looks up at the rain coming down while standing in the doorway. Fixes his, his hat. And then heads off uh, towards the shrine that he calls home. Uh, you make your way through town and the the shrine that you're seeking out is not one of the the main ones found in a nice location of the temple grounds but it's rather a small shrine kind of tucked in at the edge of the city um just inside the city walls uh, nestled in amongst a patch of bushes and small trees is a very small shrine kind of tucked away at the end of an alley, nearly forgotten now by most people. Um, you pass a handful of individuals on your way through the city, um, most people making a hurry to return home for the evening as the, the rain pouring down on the stone streets is chasing most people indoors. Shops are closing up, the marketplace now closed for the evening. Uh, lanterns being lit inside homes as windows are being boarded up against the downpour that is forming. As you approach the shrine, uh, it's home. Hmm. Uh, he pauses there for, for a moment, just taking in the surroundings, the smell of the rain, listening <laughs> is home well let's pray for no misfortunes this year <laughs> he goes ahead and enters uh the grounds uh, through the grounds, uh familiar faces greet you with warm smiles uh, they're perhaps not always They've not always been your family, but they're the closest thing you've known. As uh, a warm smile greets you from one of your brothers. Shimo, you... You didn't get in trouble, did you? Uh, no. Oh, why? What What have you heard? Oh, no, I just... Well, we, we weren't expecting you back today. Oh, um... Master sent us home early. Oh, wonderful. You can join us for dinner then. Oh, really? Uh, what's for dinner? His ears kind of start to perk up, but 
the straw hat that he's wearing prevents them. So you just see the little hat just bob a bit. <laughs> uh, tucked into this very cozy, small edifice in which the shrine uh, has sat uh, for, for many, many decades now. Um, the, the small group of family uh, that, that you call family are busy at work, some of them cutting up bits of cabbage. There's a pot of rice uh, cooking over a fire. Um, um, soup again. He just pulls his hat off and ears pop right back, right up. You mean, is that? Are we having hot pot tonight? Always. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, as the, the woman that you have come to call your mother over this last little while uh, comes back from the, the back room of the shrine, arms full of various vegetables. I even got oh. fish to market today. Oh, let, let me help you with oh, that. Thanks, Shimo. Thank you. Thank you. Um, um, boys. And boys. you see these like little um, ink-stained hands gathering up the food to try to help carry it into the kitchen. As uh, the this little small group of people um, start to go about their, their, their preparations of food, uh, kind of stop and look around and you, you realize just how much you stand out from this group. This is definitely not your biological family as this group of kind of amphibious looking creatures, most of them much shorter than you uh, are, are busy at work, um, but they don't seem to give you a, a second's notice uh, as one of your brothers steps over your tail, trying not to, to catch the fur uh, as uh, he goes about um, chopping up bits of cabbage. Uh, you see him uh, very out of the corner of your eye, glance around stick a bite of fish in his mouth as he goes back to chopping things up. You hear a very certain, I saw that. No snitching. <laughs> You'll spoil your appetite. Shimo, keep an eye on that one. Uh, uh, of course, yes. Hey. You know... Do you want one too? I'll, I'll wait. As he kind of mischievously tries to look around, but meets your mother's very stern gaze still fixed on him as he, mouth open, sticks it back on the, the wooden cutting board. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Your mother wipes her hands on her apron, goes back to, to stirring a pot of broth, cooking over a fire as uh, you, you settle in for the evening, enjoying a meal with this little adopted family of yours uh, in this, this cozy little shrine tucked away from most of the city, uh, reflecting on the, the events that brought you here. Uh, the memory's still fuzzy. The, the events, you remember walking to the shrine, you remember being found here, you remember the, the various, uh, the cold. You remember the cold. But you don't remember why. Shimo just gives a little shiver and, you know, snuggles up 
towards the fire a little more. Is it cold out there, Shimo? Uh, just dreary. But there could be beauty in the rain, you know? As your mother kind of pats down your tail, kind of helping get some of the water off of this. <sighs> understood. I know. One with all this fur. But I mean, I know how you it's, a it's all wet. Uh, yes, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll groom up in a little bit. Uh, I'll do so before bed, but uh, just I'll want to enjoy this a little bit longer. I'll make you some tea. <sighs> Thank you. Uh, she leaves you uh, to, to kind of sit nestled in front of the fire. Uh, you hear like the flopping of wet feet as some of your brothers have gone out into the rain and are tracking muddy footprints once again through the house, uh, throwing bits of cabbage at each other in their, their uh, mischievous ways. Uh, <laughs> as you settle in, uh, enjoying some time in front of the fire before your mother summons you to to come participate in the evening meal. Um, all of you throughout the, the various areas of Kadesa, uh, kind of going about your, your nightly activities. Um, we return to the library as um, Akari, you find yourself accompanying Lai to the gates of the the academy and the library and its surrounding grounds uh he's holding a parasol above himself trying to keep the the water off of his hair uh, he's been muttering the entire time walking through here about how much he hates the rain and how if he just had a little bit more power it would never rain in Kadesa. Um, I probably also have a parasol with me, maybe a little bit fancier than his, but my tail is curled around my legs to keep out of the rain as well. Um, I've, can I listen? I guess you already just said that he's just muttering about the rain, and I, I kind of just nod and agree mindlessly, just watching and waiting to see where we're going. Uh, as he kind of bypasses the library headed to the academy uh, he stops at the doorway shakes off the parasol kind of sets it um, in the, the large uh, bin that is meant to collect the wet umbrellas as he pulls the silk robe around him I do hate this weather something fierce not a fan of the rain either it's everything wet. When it's wet, it's never fun. Hard to dry off. Very true. And you would you would think that um, this world could at least grant a dying man some peace and dryness. <laughs> Seems you will go out in misery like the rest of us. Oh, not if I can't help it. I'm too stubborn to die on a, a rainy day. No, you will hold out until the sun is here. Um, well, let's do some snooping about. As he enters the academy, the people um, who are kind of walking through 
uh, you realize very quickly there will be no sneaking nor snooping as the second he steps foot into the academy, people stop and just move out of his way, uh, bowing in respect. Oh, that works. You are very good at this. You did not teach me how to sneak. Um... Go about your business. Nothing to see here. <clears throat> he kind of waves a hand. Some of the people kind of look around. Okay. On second thought, I probably should have changed clothes before we came. Hmm. That also would have been wise. The memory is the first thing to go. Can't change the weather, you can't even change your clothes. I'm not sure if you're fit to be, still be the speaker until your dying day. He kind of shoots you uh, a little bit of a venomous glance. Careful. You might be my favorite now, but this fragile mind still has time to change its mind. Please, you know I like to speak with venom when my mother is not around. It's only fun when she can't hear it. Oh, yes. How is your mother these days? As frail as you are. <laughs> oh, poor woman. Yes. Poor woman indeed. The daughter like me, she can do nothing but worry. <laughs> oh, well. I'm sure she's only aged faster with you around. <laughs> Much to the delight of my father, who also ages quickly. Ah, uh, the curse of mortality, as he's looking around, squinting in the distance. Hmm. Kind of expected her to be making a bigger deal. There's more people here than there usually is. Is there something going on? Um... I... I mean... Surely books aren't that exciting. <laughs> well... Tomorrow is, um, the, the cursed day, uh, perhaps, um, I don't know, I should ask the twins. Too late for that, um, come, come, we're going to find this, um, Shinoe or whatever uh, they told me her name was. Hmm. She's the one who's just arrived, yes? Yes, um, from the northern mountains, apparently. Hold up far away from there, I can't imagine that she'd be very well prepared. Ah, uh, well... It certainly takes a certain amount of audacity to show up in a city you've never lived in and suddenly claim that you, uh, would like to undergo the trials of the speaker and, um, consider my curiosity piqued. Mine are also peaked, quite similarly. Um, oh, excuse me, excuse me. Um, and you you see as he kind of waves down uh, a young student who, uh, upon recognizing um, Ang Lai, just bows deeply. Oh, um, sir, might I, might I be of assistance? Oh, eager to this one. Um, the new girl, the one from the north. Have you seen her? And he. Oh, oh, um, next door, the, the library, she was meeting with the, 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 the head professor. Um, 
something about um, an exchange of knowledge or something. Hmm. He glances back at you, Akari. You didn't get an invite, did you? I was not even aware that someone such as that was even here. Oh, they are already forgetting about me. I'm not dead yet. As he kind of spins on his heels, groaning as he does, you can hear, like, the old aging bones creaking. Oh, I can't wait to get out of this. Don't let them ruffle your feathers too much. He looks around. I'm not the one with feathers. <laughs> no, but you are the one who is more worked up than I am. But... As you walk, you can... <laughs> His normally, like, kind of inky black hair with the little bits of glow underneath it. It's glowing a little brighter than uh, you've seen it in the last few days. Uh, whatever's been going on has definitely seemed to have sparked up uh, some, some personality in him. Well, in any case, this is making you a bit more lively than normal. I haven't seen you this fired up in quite some time. It's good. Ugh. It's not good for my health, I don't think. Like I said, I'm too stubborn to die on a rainy day, though, so to the library we go. Yes, I would greatly like to see and hear what they're talking about. Uh, as you follow him back out, he collects his parasol with almost like a huff, just snatches it out of the, um, the, the barrel that is holding them as he steps back out into the rain. Uh, as you do so, uh, you hear the very loud sound of a deep-toned drum uh, coming from the the top of the library, kind of the upper floors. Um, each of these buildings, the library, the academy, the temple grounds, has sort of a, a tower, a, a peaked dome um, in which is set a sort of a warning drum that can be used to summon help or cause some sort of a warning. Um, the drumbeat causes uh, Lai to stop. He looks up as a second beat echoes. He glances at you. With haste! Great haste, I would like to think. Um, it's been a long time since we've heard the drums. As the, the drumbeat begins to resound through the city, uh, echoing deeply and breaking up the sound of thunder and rain. Um, Shimo, from within the shrine, you too hear the sound of a drumbeat. Um, Kai sitting down in the library, Zez, as you are searching for your friend who's supposed to be helping you return books to shelves. Uh, the two of you, immediately your attention is grabbed by the sound of the drum from the upper floors. A sound that you and all of your time here, Zez, have never actually heard. Um, it's a lot louder than you imagined and kind of startles you at first. Um, Kai, the sound of the drum pulls you immediately from your studies as your attention is turned back to the stairs that you were once not granted access to as you realize all of the monks who had been tending the stairs are heading up them in a hurry. Uh, Minji, from deep within the, the walls of the temple, uh, nestled into this kind of little alcove where many people have gathered to listen to your music throughout the day, 
all of a sudden the drum beat breaks up the beat of your melody, catching your attention as the the woman who has been so just peacefully listening to your music suddenly stands. Her eyes almost seem to darken to from silver to a deep stormy gray as you see her spine straighten, a chill running over her. Looking around, deep in the streets, uh, standing in the rain, just between the the temple grounds and um, the academy walls. Savan and Mima, would you like to join us? Uh, the two of you, having reacquainted yourselves in the streets, the drumbeat echoing through the city, not far from where the two of you now stand, you see a, a number of armed soldiers wearing steel plates, um, helmets on, pikes at the ready as they go rushing from the temple grounds towards the library. What are the two of you? I... I slip into the shadows as fast as possible. Okay. I, I look around for a quick second. Like, where did he go? <laughs> I reach out, I grab her, and I pull her into my hiding spot. <laughs> uh, the two of you kind of crouched in between um, some barrels still tucked uh, not far from where you'd previously slid into. Um, as the sound of marching feet go running up towards uh, this library, um, you, both of you, actually, please make me a perception check. All right. That's a ten. Okay. That is a ah, oh, <laughs> woo, eight. <laughs> <laughs> You hear shouting in the distance, um, and then through the sound of a drum, what sounds like a scream coming from within the library walls. Uh, Akari, as you and Lai go running into the library, met also by a number of soldiers who come bursting through the door just behind you. Uh, Zez, Kai, the two of you immediately notice a rush of new people. Um, a, an individual that both of you recognize to be one of the speakers of the Cadescent Council, accompanied by a woman dressed in armor, and now flanked by a number of city guardsmen who look around, um, trying to, to identify what is going on as a scream echoes from overhead. The guards begin to run up the stairs. Lai turns to you, Akari. Well, future speaker. What would you like to do? I think snooping can wait. And I reach behind me in my belt and I pull out a cylinder and I flick it open. And out of the cylinder comes a long naginata with a flame decorated edge. And I flick it behind me. Would you like to come or are your fighting days over? current speaker. He clears his throat, attempts to straighten his aging back. I've got one more fight left in me. Besides, 
can't die until the rain stops anyway. <laughs> Do you want to lead the way then? Yes, very much so. Besides, um, you're going to have to work to keep up with me. As he starts heading towards the stairs, falling a little bit behind the, the guards. Um, Kai, what are you doing as you watch uh, this procession of guards head up the stairs, the sound of a beating drum echoing through the chamber? Still in uh, the guise of a very old gray man, um, following the lead of the other monks that I saw, I would like to follow very confidently like I belong where I am going. Okay. Uh, Zez, what are you doing? First I hide under a table and then I remember that I'm a big helper and I should probably go help with whatever that is. So I will also uh, just... Well, first I want to look around. Are there any monks that I know that I could talk to? Um, you see Sami, not too far from where you are, um, kind of standing, staring up at some of the more experienced monks who are running up the stairs along with the various guardsmen of the city. Do you know what's happening? I... no! Um, you, you hear a voice from behind you, um, sounding like he's possibly just been roused from sleep as Fujimi, um... I found him! A, a pole arm with him. What's going on? You, you. I, I was about to say you could have just woken me up, but um, um, guard the doors, both of you, with me. Okay. As uh, he kind of leads you to like the the back chamber doors, a kind of the monks' entrance uh, to the temple. You see uh, the rest of the monks kind of fleeing upstairs. Uh, Savan and Mima, what are the two of you doing? I look over at him, kind of trying to push a little closer into the shadows, and I say, given our respective professions, I'm not entirely sure that we should be caught around here during this commotion. Absolutely not. Uh, and he's gonna take a look around to see if there's any, like, way he can slip, well, now with her in tow, um, <laughs> uh, the way, any way they can escape that's outside, away from the guards. Yeah, make me a perception check. Not bad, 19. Okay. <laughs> uh realize that with the, the number of people beginning to uh, come to their windows, looking out at the streets, uh, that the actual best way at this moment would probably be to take to the rooftops. You good at... You, uh, I friggin' messed up there. Anyway. <laughs> you as good at climbing as you were. I would wager to say I'm even better. Excellent. Get your ass up there, and he's gonna kind of toss her up <laughs> to the next ledge. Me, um, will you make me an athletics check? And Mima, will you make me a dexterity saving throw? Oh, God. I got a 16. 
A24. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mima, without warning almost, a very strong, almost non-organic hand, it feels like, reaches and grabs basically just the, the back of your cloak and just hoists you up onto the rooftops. Um, you've been in worse situations before as you feel yourself going airborne for just a second, your hands very nimbly catching onto the edge of this bamboo roof as you pull yourself up onto this uh, rooftop. I follow quickly after her. Uh, as the two of you climb onto this rooftop, watching your step as the rain continues to beat down. Minji, from inside the temple, what are you doing? Well, after noticing how my uh, new friend is reacting, I am going to stop playing my music, and then I'm just going to take my instrument, kind of lean it against the wall for maybe like following after her if she's our, if she's getting ready to leave. Uh, she looks around and just trying to take in the source of the noise, stops and in a single almost gasp out of her mouth, the oracle, as she starts to run down, uh, back down the hallway to the main part of the temple. And as she runs, I just run after her with like the sound of just all my bells on me just jingling as I run after her. As you run, the sound of the jingling bells uh, is very much, you can hear it, but it almost seems to be drowned out by the commotion of uh, what is happening. There are people standing confused, some yelling, some panicking and beginning to run outside to try and see what's happening. Uh, you follow Nari. She very gracefully turns the corner, heading back through um, the temple into kind of that, that inner gardens um, to the building behind. And as you follow her, she throws the doors open into the inner garden. You see kind of this blackened mist peeking uh, its way out of the um, this smaller building behind the main temple. Back in the library, uh, Kai, Akari, the two of you reaching the top of the stairs. Um, Akari, you see, along with your older friend, Lai, a second older gentleman shuffling his way up the stairs behind you. Kai, as you come up behind this aging fire, Genasi, and um, this tiefling woman, large weapon at her side, uh, peeking through the swarm of monks and city guard, you can see uh, what is normally appears would appear to be a well-lit chamber of the library, very similar to the level below, those magical lanterns lit. You now see this inky black darkness spreading out, small tendrils kind of reaching out as if to, to try and snuff out any form of light. Um, as you, um, Zez, as you follow uh, your friends towards the back door, and um, peeking out into the back door, you can see off the, the top tower of the academy, a very similar sight of an almost black smoke-like inky blackness spreading out of the top of the roof, as if trying to cover this academy in this dark shadow. Savan and Mima, from the rooftops, um, not far from the walls of the academy, you watch as from the tops of all three of these very major buildings, the temple, the academy, the library, 
black tendrils of almost an inky kind of, if you were to have drawn ink across paper like that, but in a much larger form, reaching out towards sources of lantern light, uh, you can see these shadows start to reach out. Um, both of you make me a perception check, if you will. 14. Natural 20, so total of 25. Okay, wow. So as Mima, as you watch, completely confused, you've never seen anything like this before, watching in the distance. Devon, you see out of the corner of your eye, a faint trace of shadow at Mima's foot, taking itself a little bit of spare movement, reaching up to grab uh, to snuff out any sort I of- I grab her by the cloak again and I yank her away. <laughs> Just manhandling her. As you wrap her cloak, yanking uh, these inky shadows starting to kind of spread out from the temple grounds in the city. I would like everybody, or at least the six of you, we'll get to you later, uh, Shimo. Um, the six of you, please roll me initiative. Oh boy. <laughs> Ooh. And that is where we are going to pick up. Thank you so much for joining us on our second episode of Shadows of Cadessa. We're getting to that namesake. Uh, so join us next time as we see what exactly our adventurers find themselves up against and what is going on on this eve of day of misfortune thanks so much for watching as always you can follow our wonderful players at the social media links that you see pasted below their lovely faces and you can follow us at shadows of cadessa or shadow of cadessa on twitter for all of the updates to stay up to date uh, podcast and YouTube videos are available on Fridays, so stay tuned. And thank you all once again for joining us.